Whitney is a band made up of nice boys making nice music, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Chicago duo has become a force in the indie folk world, racking up festival appearances and critically acclaimed albums with tranquil sounds of love, loss, and the simpler side of life. Their first record, Light Upon the Lake, remains the high point in their discography. In a breezy half hour, the band creates a sound that harkens back to rolled down windows, late night drives, and the simplicity of summer. Light Upon the Lake sounds like if Summer Break were an album. And for that, the first release from Whitney is an art school album. My guest today, welcoming her back to the show. After such a long absence, she made a pit stop here in January uh, for a, a on-shuffle episode where we just discussed a variety of topics, but it has been over a year since the last time she was on the show reviewing an album. I'm so excited to have her back. One of my best friends, Tally Dooley, welcome to the Art School Albums Podcast. How are you? Thank you, Case. I'm good. I have a couple of things to say about your intro there. Oh, please give me some notes. One being that you said you made it seem like I finally came around to do another podcast. Like I haven't been texting you throughout the last year being like, this is what I could talk about. I am your moneymaker. Get me on this show again. (laughs) But yeah, no, I definitely cleared my busy schedule to make a final little appearance here on your on your silly little podcast because I'm so busy and so famous. Um, well, as you know, and you never miss an episode, uh, so I know you caught last week's episode with Griffin Mang, uh, but just for the people that maybe didn't know this, the show is ending at the end of April, uh, yeah. and I, I had to get you back on because you're one of the most listened to episodes. Your Vampire Weekend review is up there with Griffin Mang's Neutral Milk Hotel review, Kevin yeah. Hare's title fight review. Uh, you're in that that elite pantheon of art school albums guests and i know that people are going to be into this episode because face it tally when you do something people tend to care about it listen all i'm hearing is that i am the favorite woman <laughs> that's ever been on your show that's probably that's probably true i think that's fair i certainly i think i talk to you more than just about anyone that's been on the show i know uh, <laughs> former guest marie Jurassic, who talked about jack's mannequin i do talk to her every day i don't talk to you every day but i do talk to you quite often and it is very nice to have an appointment setting now to clear out schedule and and you know right. we are we are such show, social butterflies uh that it was tough to land time to record this episode but we're here and i'm so happy you're here yeah, and and even if we don't talk every day, case it does feel like we do, you know, <laughs> in both a good and bad way. <laughs> there's a there's a case tax that I'm certainly aware of that, you know, it it, it lingers. I I'm aware of it. That's why I like to give people space. Often, no. I uh, think there's a little case, like voice in my head, and there's probably a little tally voice in your head. I can only assume. On days of low self-confidence, there's definitely a tally voice in my head where it's like, damn, what would she roast me for today? Uh, oh what- my god! <laughs> what, what stupid thing am I doing that if Tally found out, she would you, uh, properly tear me a new one? You love to spin this facade that I am some horrible witch. <laughs> All I do is bring you down, but I 100% compliment you just as much as I roast you. You just don't like to remember those parts about yourself. And that's on you, not on me. And this is a huge breakthrough in our therapy sessions. And thank you so much, Tally, for uh, mentally dissecting me to such an extreme degree. And I do appreciate it. It's interesting. You know, we just ran into each other in person for the first time in over a year as I had to uh, deliver an assignment to one of your roommates. And, And Tally was there. And so we posted up in the living room and had a brief conversation. You are someone who... It seems like you're in the the special 1% group of people that maybe isn't excited for the world to open back up. Is that true? Oh my God. I mean, okay, I am. What I'm most excited about is the fact that people are going to be safe and people are going to stop dying. That's amazing. And we should all be hoping for that all the time, always. I just, it feels like, okay, this is why I don't like holidays like Halloween and the 4th of July and New Year's Eve because there's so much hype around it 
And then you ultimately end up getting semi-disappointed or you've spent the entire time just planning and stressing yourself out. So there's this like vibe about post COVID, which first of all, I don't think we're anywhere near doing that kind of stuff. I think it's gonna probably dip down and up again multiple times and, and it's still gonna be a while before we're actually like normal, normal. But like, there's this, this like buzz in young people of like, we're gonna go to bars and we're gonna make out with every person we ever see. And we're gonna share so many germs. And like, that is so scary. And I am not, I do not want to do that. I also just like have now been for a year just chilling <laughs> and I've just been chilling and I don't, it's going to be so hard to like do things again. So, I mean, I'm making small baby steps and it's going to be fine, but like there is a little part of me that's like, okay, so everybody's ramping back up again. Let's, uh, relax a tiny bit, do this a little bit slower. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that the world is perhaps becoming more accustomed to life and living and happiness, but it's definitely a little concerning. And I mean, I just, I'm an anxious person. So I'm going to find some way to hate any good thing ever. There's there's a few things in there. One, uh, I, I'm glad that we're moving forward because the world has gotten too used to the COVID environment of like, now if you go to a basketball game, instead of the kiss cam, they have the hand sanitizer cam where everybody could wash their hands at the same time. It, it's too much. I, I Just a few nights ago, I watched Miley Cyrus do a half hour concert on TV to people in like little pods. Like they were all socially distant. And I was like, this is... This is not normal, and I don't like it that we've just like adapted uh, to this environment the way we have. I was very okay with COVID for the first 11 months. I was like, this is fine. Like, we're just, we're hanging out. Like, it's going to be okay. Once it started getting warmer at though, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe it's time we, we ramp things up and maybe explore the world like we used to a little bit. I'm curious because we just passed it. You mentioned uh, 4th of July, and I do assume that we'll be hanging out on the 4th of July and New Year's Eve and all these other uh, festive holidays. Uh, Tally, you're someone that is uh, a lifelong Illinois person, grew up in Evanston, live in Chicago. What are your thoughts on St. Patrick's Day? Um, I like St. Patrick's Day. I'm, I'm Irish, but we never really celebrate. Me and my family, we don't really celebrate any holidays, honestly. Good. Um, we'll like hang out and we'll like make good food, but that's like the extent we're never doing anything really crazy. Um, St. Patrick's Day is fine. I've personally never gone to the parade. I've never, I've never seen the, uh, Chicago river be green. You've got pictures of it. Why would you ever go to this? Why would you leave your house to watch this thing that there will be pictures of five seconds later? Right. It's also like, there are some classic Chicago things that I have technically never done. Like I've never been. I've never foot, set foot inside of this year's tower. Nor have I, yes. <laughs> and I, and I, I know Grant Park. I've seen the Bean a million times. I've been to Millennium Park a million times. But there are still like some iconic things that I just like. I have no, I have no urge to participate in really. Um, I in general try to avoid parades. Uh, not really my vibe. Just, just as a rule of thumb. <laughs> just as a rule of thumb. Um, I once, I when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Yeah. Um, I did go to the Cubs parade with some friends because we were seniors in high school and it was like, if you're not going with what is wrong with you, you know what I mean? And everyone was going to miss school and it was going to be fun. Everyone's drinking and whatever. But uh, I went, wasn't really having a great time. Then um, a lady hit me. She slapped me in the face. Uh, I, need, I need to know the full story before we go any further. Why <laughs> did you get hit? Well, I was with my friends and then one of them uh, was like, I'm going to go find the bathroom, but just like didn't really just kind of took off. Um, and I was sort of assigned, but also self designated as like the keeping everyone together in this really massive group of drunk people in downtown in a large city um 
So I was like, okay, so it's been like 45 minutes and this person has not come back from the bathroom. Plus this friend, it was Nicole, shout out Nicole McGuire, if you're listening. Nicole is the biggest Cubs fan in our friend group. And she really wanted, you know, she was gonna go no matter what, she loves the Cubs. So I was like, okay, it's been 45 minutes. She tried to go to the bathroom at this bank and the parade is about to like come by. If she misses this, like she will never forgive us. So I'm like, I have to go find her. And so then I'm trying to get out of the group and there's this long line of people like basically trying to get out of the group but the whole crowd has like stopped because the parade is going by right as we're like walking away. So nobody wants to move but the people behind me are really trying to get out and the people in front of me have stood still. So there's this like heave forward from all the people behind me, which pushes me into the woman in front of me. And she turns around and she's like, stop pushing me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm trying my best. And then there's like another heave. And I like, kind of like, I'm just trying my best to like hold still, <laughs> like not get pushed. And I'm like also trying to like go to the side of her or whatever. And I'm just like, and everyone's just pushing and it's like terrible, obviously. They push me into her again. They kind of get me off balance for a second. And she turns around and she just hits me. Um, and then the people around us were like, whoa, and like separated us. And I was fine. I mean. Is that the only uh, fight you've ever been in in public? Um, I think so. You think I mean, so? I can't even say it was a fight. She just gave me a swift, swift hit. And you know what? Everyone needs to get hit in the face. Once it's it's good for some people. Yeah. And I mean, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong, it really made me like think about all the things I've ever done wrong, you know, and it felt really like, okay, this is, I'm dealing with some stuff right now mentally now that she has hit me across the face. Um, turns out my friend had gotten out of the bathroom, found an even better spot to watch the parade, <laughs> saw everything. And you know what? I went home right after that. I was like, <laughs> I've been in these people. I missed the parade. I got hit in the face. I think it's time for me to go. I got on the train with some guy that I actually went to high school with. Um, he was on the train at the same time. Basically had to just hold on to his body because there was no room on the train and I was standing somewhere in the middle where there was just absolutely no way for me to hold on to anything except for him, uh, which was very nice of him to tolerate. Got Accommodate. off. Yeah, <laughs> got off at, at uh, in Evanston, got some Chipotle, and then I went and babysat. So, not a bad day, not a bad day. Glad I asked because you led me to, you know, what I was going to bring up, which was, and first of all, shout out Nicole. Also, shout out Caroline Springer. Hope you're listening. Uh, but, oh my God. But okay. I accidentally found myself in Wrigleyville on St. Patrick's Day uh, the Saturday before and it just it attracts the worst group of people St. Patrick's Day is in the running for maybe the worst holiday yeah I understand it that way I think independently it's a fine holiday it's fun there's a lot of fun traditions like soda bread and drinking and wearing green and whatever but definitely like within the city where there's a large Irish population and outside of that large Irish population, just a large population of like white city living, you know, 25 year olds. Jocks, frat bros, the, uh, the women that wear the fuzzy coats, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and just anyone with the excuse to get absolutely hammered right in the middle of the day, you know? It's and awful. It's like being on a playground with a bunch of toddlers, you know, it's really, it's really scary. And unless you're like drinking and doing it with them, like you're not going to have fun. So I usually avoid it. Um, not really my vibe, but I respect it. And I respect the people who take the, the holiday like more seriously and just enjoy the like Irish heritage part of it. Like, sure, go off. But well, St. Patrick's Day, not really your vibe, but what is your vibe is is Whitney, the band, the band that we're here to discuss today, the album Light Upon the Lake. Uh, Tally, last time we were here, last time we reviewed an album, you talked about Vampire Weekend. We talked about the first record in How. Uh, instrumental it was is one of the first, like, cool bands that we were really into, and just how great that album is. You know, I, I have issues 
with some of the later Vampire Weekend records, but you know, that's my own cross to bear. I get it. It's my own grudge to fight. Uh, we now look ahead to eight years after the first Vampire Weekend record was released with this Whitney album. When did you first hear this record? Um, I can't pinpoint exactly when I first heard it. It was definitely introduced to me by my group of high school friends, the same ones that I went to the Cubs parade with. Um, we all kind of just, it might've been Caroline, honestly, first. It was either Caroline or Flannery, I'm not too sure. Um, but they kind of just made it like the album that we listened to all summer. Um, and it was mostly the summer after uh, freshman year of college that we listen to it like a lot and that's you know that's a pretty high school summer still because you just had a year at college but you go back and everyone's still like throwing high school parties and hanging out with their friends you know and everyone missed each other blah 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 um and we it's just like a fun album like it's like very summer feeling and it's and it's like kind of sad but also kind of like really happy and it was just very like a beach listen you know we we love to just play it and just sit outside and not talk to each other um, it took me it took me a I, I listened to this record quite a bit this week and for the most part it wasn't really lighting my world on fire now now that you say that again the aforementioned caroline springer that maybe she's a fan this does change my entire perspective oh, on this record uh, and i'm actually i'm actually now a huge fan of it but uh, this week I was like, I, I, you know, I have some thoughts on Whitney going in and, and my thoughts certainly aren't necessarily changed by listening to this record. But as we're recording this, it is a wonderful 58 degrees outside. And mm -hmm. I was taking a walk listening to this record earlier today. And it all started to make sense a little bit that this is this is the right environment for it to be in. But what confuses me about this record, and you alluded to this at the start of the show when I was uh, talking about how you often roast me. I'm shocked that you like this record because it is such a nice album. These seem like nice guys doing nice things, making nice music. And it's very different from the way Tally Dooley typically presents herself. That is so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions about I think you, out of anyone I know, Case, has the most warped sense of who I am as a person like you are the one that makes me so confused as to how I present because like from everyone else I'm getting similar feedback of just like yeah you're kind of introverted but you'll be like funny and weird and you love to talk and give advice and blah 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 and then you are just like you like I have no idea how you see me I can't even think of an example except for that one time you said that you don't know how I get away with my lifestyle. One of the rudest things anyone's ever said to me. And you meant it as a compliment. That's why you're so that's, confusing. That's the thing. It's a total compliment because like, we, we were just talking a few days ago about how you're being interviewed about your experience at college and you were saying like, oh, I have to lie and say all these nice things about the school. It's like, I enjoyed my four years. Like, how am I not? Why is Tally the one being interviewed for this? Tally. <laughs> Talk shit about everybody. Talk shit about all of her classes. <laughs> talk shit about the school. And then she oh gets interviewed. First of all, I might talk shit about the school, but that's fine. Everyone talks <laughs> shit about their college. I do not talk shit about people or friends or loved ones. And, I, and if I do, I do it honestly and openly. I will talk shit about you to your face. Yes, that's, that's which is great. That's, that's great. But it is, it, this one example is kind of funny because I am being interviewed for like a video for the end of the year celebration, talking about being a graduating senior, giving advice and talking about how much I love Columbia and how I'm so sad that I'm graduating. And I won, like Columbia's fine. I don't really have like great opinions on it. And two, I'm not graduating. <laughs> I'm not <a> <laughs> And I feel really bad and I hope that this doesn't reach any of those people, but the girl was like asking me like, how has Columbia like set you up to like be ready to go into the world? And I'm like, I'm not going into the world. I literally have to do another semester. 
uh, at some point. Who knows what I'm doing, Case? That's the thing is you think I get away with this lifestyle. I'm not getting away anywhere. I have to do another semester of school. My room is a mess. I have no money. I'm not getting away with anything. This is deep Columbia College Chicago lore, but I keep on seeing, I keep on seeing these posts of like, oh, the Columbia Chronicle, which is our newspaper, the Columbia Chronicle student of the month. And it's all like kids that are like working in their fields and doing a good job and this and that. How the fuck do I get in on that? I want to be interviewed to talk about my life. I interview all these people and I love it. And I learn so much about my friends and other people that I go to school with. But where's where's my interview? I would like to be talked to by the Chronicle. Where is Paige Barnes when you need her? Okay, listen, I will get you those connections. She recently interviewed me, and I was so I love talking to the press. When she asked, she's like, oh. "Hey, can I get some quotes like for this story?" I was like, "Yes, whatever you need. I'm so excited <laughs> to help." God, we're so opposite. But okay, I think this I have is a question a, for you. Yes, Paige. yes, go ahead. This is now my podcast. Please. Were you in any shows, any theater when you were uh, in high school? No, I played sports. <sighs> Shut the fuck up. And then, well, not, not, not really in high school. I was more like, I was known as the student broadcasting guy. Like I did the school news. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think of, a, of an example of what I'm trying to get at here. Where, have you ever been in some sort of performance or show? or game or something where everyone who watched is then like kind of waiting at the end for the people to come out to congratulate them. I'm aware of the concept. Do you, do you think you like, like that kind of energy and attention? Like, do you think you would come out and you'd be like, thank you everyone? No, 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 no. Um, Cause that, that veers into celebration territory. It's the reason I like, I don't, I'm not like a birthday party guy. Like, I don't, I don't want like a giant party in my honor. Um, I don't even like graduation ceremonies. I'm so annoyed at these people to go back to Columbia College, Chicago. Oh, we have to have an in-person graduation ceremony. Let's do socially distanced graduation. Why? Why can't we sit at home on a Zoom call and listen to them <laughs> say our names? Why do we have to go somewhere to do this? I don't understand why people would want this because that's just like uh, celebratory in a way that I don't really care about. But if I like, I would like to do the show. I love, you know me, I love the stage. Right. <laughs> can't, can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. But then I would just like dip out the back and then just like go home by myself. Okay. See, me too. And truly. And, and me, and me too. And, Hashtag me too. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm also like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I actually fully agree with you. I don't think, I think I'm somewhere a little bit less opinionated about it. Like, I don't care that there are people that want to have an in-person graduation. It drives me nuts. I hate it. That's crazy. If they can pull it off, here's the thing. I don't really care what other people do. I don't care. They want to raise $25,000 to have it in Soldier Field. Do you know how hard Soldier Field is to get to from here? Cool, but you don't have to go, you know? No, but then it's like, oh, but if they have like an, if they have an in-person thing, then I have to go. These seem like problems you have with yourself, not with other people. Why is it that, why is it that we like a certain amount of attention of like being on stage? But if I was interviewed by somebody, to me, that would be like giving a performance. That's the only reason I would want to do it is I would see opportunities for laugh lines in there. But why is it that we want to be on stage, but then we don't want to be congratulated for it? But then we also secretly do. Well, I personally, like, I don't know what it is. I, I would, I want to be in a show. I want to do a good job. I want people to like laugh or think it's good, but then I don't want to see a single person after I do it. Yeah. I don't see anyone after I do a good thing. I don't want yes, completely. to tell me that I did a good thing or feel like, I think what it is, is I also like hate that awkward tension of like, when you see a person after you do something good or something good happens and like everyone is aware that the thing that they're supposed to do is congratulate me. Like that's the, like, I don't know, like that's so forceful, you know what I mean? And it's not like I, you know, on the other side I've ever felt like I needed to congratulate someone when I like didn't want to. It's not like that. Like, I don't think these people don't want to. 
congratulate me or celebrate me it's just like and I'm like forcing them to it's more just like I don't know it's just like weird I'd rather just completely be alone I think like the best way I could get praise is to do something then immediately be alone and not have to talk to anyone about it at all and then see like a week later someone sends me a text that's like hey great job with that thing and I'll be like thanks so much and it's not it doesn't have to we don't have to talk about it anymore we don't have to say anything else they're just if they feel like they need to acknowledge that they saw it and they enjoyed it that is really cool to hear but I don't need it I'm so scared of it that's exactly what I was gonna say it's exactly that I want to do the thing I want to be left alone and then to to use the art school albums universe, people that have been on this show before. What I really want is I want to do the thing. I want to be left alone. And then a few days later, I want Caleb Soul to text me and be like, Hey man, like that was, that was really good. Like I, cause his, his feedback means uh, more to me than just about anything. So it'd be, yeah. it you know, it'd be tremendous to make him proud for once. Uh, so it's, it's the thing, Tally, you and I, we're not so different. Yeah. But that's the thing too, is that for me, it, it expands into like, giving comments or being interviewed or any sort of like let's sit down with tally and see what she thinks about her performance it's like this the last thing i want to talk about is what i did because i just think about it all the time anyway what i've done what i've what i'm doing you know it's like i don't want to vocalize it i don't want you guys to see that i hate myself that much (laughs) let's just not talk about it you had a good time great because this was all for you not for me. I don't want to talk about it. I think there's a specific thing with me that I really like being interviewed because like I said, I did like student journalism all four years of high school. That was the one thing I did. And I asked so many people, so many uninteresting people, so many uninteresting questions. And they would try to like force these segments together that it helped like by my senior year, I was allowed to be interviewed for one like assignment that other journalism kids were doing. And I knew exactly what they needed. Like I gave them quotes to plug into this story. And it's the same thing here. Like I, you know, I, I interview people once a week. It It's fun for me when the, when the script has flipped a little bit and yeah. I can talk about, you know, whatever it is that I'm going to talk about, which today is Whitney's light upon the lake. We talked about how this was a, a nice record and I was a little taken aback by that. When I asked you for albums that you might want to talk about, you mentioned stuff like the Black Keys Brothers, Adele's 19, Lizzo's Cause I Love You. You also mentioned that you can make a themed playlist and talk about dad rock. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little curious as to what that means. And my impression of this album, not knowing much about that genre, was that Whitney would fall under the dad rock banner. Am I correct in saying that? Um, it's got dad rock vibes. That's for sure. I don't think if I, I don't think I personally, like in my music world, music mind would like put it as, as the same. And that's mostly due to the fact that it's just a very modern band. Dad rock to me is like oldies rock. Which that's that's like a beautiful PSA. Like dad rock to me is. <laughs> is. No, and it's funny because we've actually come full circle because, you know, when I was on to talk about Vampire Weekend, I was just coming off of a very longstanding dad rock uh, mood. I was really only listening to like the Eagles, <laughs> America, and uh, just all of those bands. Um, and after that, I, I, and I told you on that episode that I was like kind of coming off of it a little bit. And I did, and I, and I fully transitioned into a bunch of other moods and things. And I'm now, for the first time since then, getting right back into it. So it's really been a beautiful cycle. It's the cycle of life. It's it's tremendous. Do you remember, by the way, I did not listen back to the episode that, that you did, the Vampire Weekend episode, because it was one of the first ones I did, and I'm sure I wouldn't like it now. But do you remember anything we talked about? Because the only thing that I remember is that I, I didn't like one of the songs on the album, and you told me that this is why you're alone. <laughs> That's the only oh, thing no, I remember from that show. That is not what I said. Everyone can go back and listen. It's been recorded. That's not what I said. I won't bring up what I said because it wasn't very nice, <laughs> but it wasn't quite that mean either. Um, we talked about we talked a lot about like music in general and how I like don't really like sad music. We talked about yeah. music when I was a kid, which was a lot of 
burning CDs. Um, and we talked about the fact that like, I have always listened to songs and artists and not albums mm. and how that's like a new thing for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same really since then, not a lot has changed. I've adapted definitely like some more artists um, and some cool stuff. And Whitney, I mean, I had already been through my Whitney phase when we talked about Vampire Weekend, which is funny that I didn't bring them up because I do sort of hold them in a very similar sense. You know, it's kind of that, well, that's the thing is like, I find Vampire Weekend to be easy listening and the same way that I find Whitney to be easy listening. Like I can just throw it on and I'm happy and I'm satisfied with what I'm listening to. Um, which is, so when you say it's very nice music by my nice boys, which is the last thing I would think you'd want, which it's like, in my head, that's the first thing I want. That's the only thing I want is just nice music. <laughs> yeah, there was a part of this album where it's just like, man, I just, I can't imagine putting this on by choice. Now, if if you put it on and it like filled the room as like a soundtrack, I'd be like, oh, this is really nice. But listening for pleasure, listening by myself, there's no chance that Light Upon the Lake would come on. It's just not one of those albums that I, I would be very interested in. I know last time you were here, you talked about seeing Vampire Weekend Live. You have also seen Whitney in person. Tell me about that gig. Yeah, it was at, um, it was at Millennium Park in the big like, alcove thing I don't know exactly what that stage is called um it was free and we just sat on the lawn uh with our little picnic blanket we brought some snacks and some drinks it was really nice it was really nice um we sat pretty far away obviously but that's okay um it was free like I said so we didn't really have any <laughs> issues um I think a lot of the people in the crowd maybe did not know a ton of Whitney um, at that point, it was just a free concert in the summer. So they were like, yeah, let's go. Um, but there was definitely clearly some people there who really liked them. Um, we were somewhere in the middle, obviously. <laughs> of like, We liked them. We knew the songs, but we weren't like, oh, my God, take as many pictures as you can. There they are, you know. Um, it was really nice. It was really nice. Um, the Something that I love about that band is that the lead singer is the drummer. Mm. Um which is not very common and also looks very difficult. And he made it seem pretty easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they were just like a, just some goofy dudes on stage doing their thing. Um, they had, one of them had a chicken nugget in his pocket like the whole time. Uh, I don't like that. And then he brought it out and he was like, I found a chicken nugget in my pocket. So one second, let me eat this. And I was, <laughs> I respected it. <laughs> I respected that a lot. I, I'm not a fan of that. That's a little too wacky for, for my own personal standards, but I'm, I'm glad that you had a good time. Light Upon the Lake, the record that we're discussing today, it is 10 songs in 30 minutes. It came out, Tally, came out on June 3rd, 2016. If you can go back in time, this is going to be, because I, I believe we're the same age, the summer going into your senior year of high school. Yeah. What can you tell me about the summer of 2016? The summer of 2016. Let me see. While you uh, dig deep into your camera roll, I will I will let you know my headspace at the time was in May of that year, specifically on May 13th, uh, Modern Baseball's Holy Ghost came out. And that was uh, just about the biggest thing that had ever happened in my life at that point. So I was fully in that emo revival headspace still uh that same day chance the rapper's coloring book came out and i remember all of my friends being really excited about the new chance album and i like chance but i just did not get it i don't like gospel choir chance the rapper i like acid rap chance the rapper uh so i i was i was coming into my own at the time i started to feel like hey i have some friends uh and yes most of them are going off to college but text message does exist and i was relatively happy at this point in time 2016 uh certainly had its ups and downs but that summer i remember being a particularly good one okay and i love that for you and i do hate to brag uh by saying that i was happy at one point in my life but that is <laughs> that is where we're at on this show now okay enough um the summer of 2016 i personally have not a great memory so I don't remember some sort of very specific big thing that happened 
that summer or not even big thing um the way that you do um looking at some of my photos from that time it seemed like a pretty average summer uh hanging out with my group of friends me and caroline went on a bike ride to the baha'i temple that was classic fun. classic evanston summer it sounds like <laughs> yeah i worked i was working at the beach at that point um made a grilled cheese it looks like <laughs> found a spider uh, i found a spider hidden behind the only cross that was in my house is that a sign we are recording this on easter is this a sign this is a sign we had one cross in our whole house because it was my grandma's and i was hanging out in that room it was my mom's office and i saw a little movement and i saw a spider crawl out from underneath the cross so that's terrifying um, that is that is absolutely terrifying that seemed like the highlight of a summer if there ever was one right i agree uh so it was a fine summer that's um, that's good to hear tally uh that's good to hear i'm sorry about the spider but i'm happy that that you had again that classic evanston summer i'm curious uh you had not heard the album at this point we talked earlier about how you you got into it really like your freshman and sophomore year of college what is the right headspace to listen to this album in? Is there a specific like point on the emotional spectrum that you need to be in to fully enjoy Light Upon the Lake? Uh, for me personally, I need to be doing pretty solidly to listen to it because if I'm even a little bit like sad or in a funk, like I'll pick up on all of the sad parts of the album. You know, I'll only be hearing the sadness of it. But if I'm like doing a little bit better, if it's like, the sun is shining it's I, you know maybe early morning or like midday and i'm just reading and hanging out and i throw on light upon the lake like that is gonna those are gonna be some great vibes if i'm driving it's definitely a good driving album um because you can talk over it and it doesn't feel like you need to like listen to the songs too much you know what i mean but i think that's why i like it too because it's very versatile like with a lot of the vampire weekend music there's like it's either a very sad song or it's a very happy song and so like if you're in a specific mood you can't just shuffle all of it you know because you'll be, you'll be like crying and then a punk comes on and you're like this is wrong you know <laughs> or you're vibing and then one of those sad ones i don't know hannah what is it called <laughs> i don't know on the on a, a vampire weekend song yeah oh god i don't know that's not that's, that's not the podcast i don't know yeah, I'm, I'm such a fan, but I don't know <laughs> the names of their songs. Um, but Whitney, if you're somewhere in the middle, you can throw it on and, and it leads you to where you need to be. You know what I mean? I do. I, I do. I'm curious. You mentioned the lead singer earlier. You mentioned that he doubles as their drummer. Uh, you are someone that is also very critical of Morrissey, and <laughs> that is... That is for a number of reasons, but I, I believe one of them, I could be wrong, but I believe one of them is his his voice, the way he sounds. I'm curious what you think about this Kermit-sounding front man that Whitney has, this fucking Muppet drummer that they have. Hey, first of all, why don't you take a deep breath? Why don't you relax, all right? I think you need to take a little step back. I understand that he does sound like that, and I understand that vampire weekend also kind of sounds like that there's something about it i can't i mean it's the same way where i'm like i either like this song or i don't like this song and my body just reacts to it there's something about specific sounding voices where i either really like it or i really don't and that goes for music and like actors or like voiceovers and commercials i have like a couple of commercials that i hate i absolutely hate them because the voiceover actress or actor sounds insane and i don't is know there a specific that. commercial that you hate that comes to mind yeah the room place commercial where she's like mid-century modern i get it all the time and she sounds ridiculous she sounds ridiculous and i hate it and i can't believe that people don't talk about it more <laughs> because she sounds crazy she's like what about mid-century modern you know it's like oh my god okay 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 um but so i like hate that but these these little kermit boys singing about taking the train and being kind of sad just hits right yeah it's 
it's an interesting record where again you have the you know the prominent drums you have some folksy guitars the the one compliment i can give pretty much every song on this record the one thing that i really liked was i thought the horns on this record were beautiful production wise i think it's a very strong album did the horns resonate with you yes i absolutely love the horn section and i i i like that you complimented this i don't like the way you said that of like the only compliment I can get because you're already negating whatever nice thing you're gonna say. Imagine if I came to you and I was like, Case, the only compliment I could give you right now. I'm and pretty sure that's happened. Oh yeah, well probably. <laughs> but that's the you're like, oh Case views me so differently than everybody else. Have you ever thought that maybe you treat Case differently than everybody else? This I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I thought about this once when I was listening back to the first podcast and I was like- That you were on? Yeah, the, the, the first episode we did together. And I was like, the next time I get on this, I gotta like set the record straight because there are gonna be people out there who don't know, they either don't know me or they don't know either of us who think like I'm some like horrible woman in your life who just- berates you and breaks you down but that is so untrue okay and I stand by this because listen I would never say this to <laughs> like if someone came to me and was like you actually like hurt my feelings and you're being kind of mean to me I would try to like really listen and like really try to explain like and you know obviously your first gut reaction is be like no I'm not shut up you know but like I've been working on that and I'm really trying to like internalize it and bring it like and like change myself. But when you, when you say these things about me, I'm like, Case, shut up. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but like, <laughs> maybe I am mean to you. Maybe I'm mean, but you're mean to me too. And I'm also so nice to you. And you're so nice to me too. It's a, it's a, give and take you just love to get on your little podcast and pretend like i'm some big fat troll ruining your life anyway speaking of big fat trolls there is a song on this record called dave song and i don't know if you know the backstory but dave song is about a 350 pound man that used to visit the whitney apartment uh the band would say in a paste magazine interview dave was probably 350 pounds and would come up to our apartment without a shirt on with a half drink bottle of champagne do you know the Tupac thug life tattoo he has that same tattoo but it says outlaw and it covers a little more ground because like I said he's 350 pounds he's a crazy looking dude he has a ponytail and some weird skin going on his face we were kind of scared of him and intimidated by him and we were kind of walking on eggshells around him we didn't want to piss him off because he seemed like he was a really crazy dude that could get violent if we told him to get out of our apartment were you aware of this backstory? How does it change your thoughts on Dave's song? I um, honestly was not aware of this backstory. It's a fantastic backstory. <laughs> um, it definitely makes me like the song more. I really like Dave's song. I like Red Moon, again, because it's just horns. It's awesome. Um, and knowing this about knowing this about Dave, really being introduced to this Dave character, honestly is really sick and i think i'm gonna listen to it differently and i think i'm gonna like it a lot more i think dave's song was probably my favorite song on the album because most of this record sounds very similar and if you're into the vibe you know you you're into the vibe but if you're not it can be a little tough to to parse through some of this record you mentioned red moon which is an instrumental i think it's a beautiful song i i actually it sounds like a backhanded compliment for me to say that Red Moon was one of my favorite songs on the album, but it really was because it is beautiful instrumentation. Obviously, this record is best known for the song No Woman, which has over 65 million streams on Spotify. Dear God. Yeah. Uh, it opens up the record. I think it's one of those where you can kind of tell within 30 to 45 seconds, either this is going to be an album for me or it's one that, hey, maybe I'm good with. I'm assuming because you're a fan of the band, you're a fan of what No Woman offers. Yeah, and I think it opens up the album really nicely. I think it's a nice ramp up. Um, I truly do like listening to this album in uh, in the order in which it it is and not shuffling it necessarily. 
Um, I think it plays nicely if you just go all the way through. I like No Woman. Um, I thought their most popular one was Golden Days, but it makes sense that No Woman is popular. Um, I think Golden Days was probably my first favorite one. So I probably just listened to it a lot more <laughs> and thought it was their most popular. Um, it's their second most popular in terms of streams on this album, if that makes you feel any better, that the Golden Days is number two now, 40 million behind No Woman, you know, 67,000 wow. or 67 million streams to 25 million, but it's still there. I wonder what made No Woman pop off, you know, because like when I found this album, I, I it was the album not the song you know it didn't it wasn't like I heard a song and then I was like let me check out the rest of this album like I knew the album as a whole so I don't know why that well, is. I know I, no no woman was featured on NPR as kind of one of their songs we love mm-hmm. uh Bandcamp Daily also did a feature on Whitney's No Woman so that song specifically has gotten quite a bit of press coverage, whereas Golden Days, which is another one that I really liked and actually one that I wanted to bring up, uh, a song about being, you know, in the in the Golden Days. I have to refer to the Andy Bernard quote from The Office of, you know, I wish we knew we were in the good old days when we were in them, or however that quote goes. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just I, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, Tally, because like we talked about earlier, you know, uh, some of us are graduating college, some of us have one more semester to go. <laughs> how are how are you are, are you at all nostalgic for perhaps even you know your freshman or sophomore year of college at this point? Um. Yeah, I am. I think it's more like I'm now sort of at the end ish of college, and I'm realizing what I wish I could have done differently which is so stupid because that's the same way I felt in high school and like about redoing high school. And then I just like did college the same way. And I mean, most of the time it's just regrets on like classes I took and how I took them and missing classes and certain ways I did assignments or projects or performances. Um, I'm kind of wishing that I like stayed on campus another year instead of moving out right away. Um, But I mean, I'm, I'm nostalgic for that sense of like, like now currently in my life and with my family, like we're doing a lot of changing around and financial things. And there's a lot of like, there's just been a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, so I'm like really having to like fast paced, learn adult stuff <laughs> that maybe wasn't supposed to, you know, was supposed to be a slower build up over some time. Um, so I think I'm nostalgic for that sense of like freshman, sophomore year where you're like, you know, more financially dependent on your parents and living in a dorm where it's just, a, you know, an apartment of a bunch of teenagers. Like you're literally a teenager, you're 18. That's so tiny. And you could just like move across the country. I mean, granted, I did not. you did move a half hour away (laughs) and I fully went home all the time because I was so scared (laughs) but like some people who are a little bit more stable um can fully just be 18 graduate high school pack up everything move across country and just figure it out you know what I mean I mean I think about that with my mom too like she left home when she was like 17 she just like took off and she went and she figured it out and she never like lived at home again you know, and as I say that, as I'm literally moving back home next year, <laughs> I'm going to live with my mom and my sister again, um, which is more just about money, you know, and that kind of thing. But it's just, I definitely, I, you know, I'm running out of time of, of making mistakes and being young and naive, you know? Um, so <laughs> I think that's probably the most that I'm like nostalgic over is just the freedom I had to like figure things out before whereas now it's like okay it's not cute that I like don't have any money anymore (laughs) can I ask because you know we had our first college class together shout out Rick Walker shout out Comedy Foundations one uh I've known you just uh, for so long now but I don't like, I don't really feel like I remember freshman year tally all that well. I know the last time you were on the show in January, you did tell a story about me uh, walking away from you mid-sentence <laughs> in, the, in yeah. the university center cafeteria. Who could forget that all-time classic moment? I'm, I'm curious, though, 
like, what do you think has changed most about you from your freshman year to now? Honestly, I don't know. Who was I talking about this with? I think I was talking about this with Caleb the other day um, about like in our friend group, like who's changed the most versus who's changed the least. Um, and I think we agreed that Blaine's probably changed the most. Former guest of the show, Blaine McBroom, has gone over n- numerous drastic personality changes over the last four years. Not a dig at Blaine. I love the evolution. Drastic, shocking personality changes over the last four years. Blaine's really come into their own, you know, and I respect that a lot. And sometimes people just bloom earlier or later than others, you know. And what I can't figure out because me and Caleb agreed that it was me and him, Caleb, who have probably changed the least. Um, him being the, like, actually has not changed. Just like the same person. And I think yeah. he's been that person since he was like seven or eight too. Gotta be, gotta be. No one's just like, like that. <laughs> um, but I have like probably changed someone. I've definitely grown and like learned a lot of new things, but like, personality wise I don't think I'm that much different um but I don't know I mean it's hard because it's it's like when I said that about like sometimes people just come into their own or bloom earlier or later in life I'm not sure if I've just if I did do that earlier in life and I've already done it and here I am you do constantly worry out loud that you did peak in high school well yes yes (laughs) Um, you know, and it's like, did I, did I do that? And am I now me? And this is like who I am, or am I like going to be a real late bloomer? And like, when I'm like 25, 26, really just crazy personality change and find myself, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I've done that already or not. (laughs) And I feel like if you do it, you would know, like you would know when it happened. So there's a part of me that's like, okay, maybe I'm just like, not there yet maybe I haven't found my thing you know and not to say that I don't have like a personality or interests or traits it's just kind of like I feel like everyone sometimes I think like I don't even have like concrete tastes you know like especially even like within music and we talked about this last time too about how I truly like everyone says they're like a, I listen to everything kind of you know but country or but rap or whatever you know and it's like I honest to God, I'm all over the place with everything. I love Vampire Weekend. I love Whitney. And it's going to seem like that's like totally my type based on the fact that I've been on your podcast for these two bands. But I am truly all over the place. Like I love dad rock, as we've talked about. I also love R&B. I love like Frank Ocean and Childish Gambino constantly. I love classical music like a lot. Allison, our friend, Allison Cochran, shout out, made fun of me the other day. She took a picture of my, we were listening to music and it was on the TV and she saw that my on repeat, which is the playlist that Spotify will make you based on what you've been listening to over and over again. Um, and my, and we like clicked on that to see if that was something we wanted to listen to. And it was only classical music. And she literally took a picture of it and put it on her private in, or, uh, private Snapchat story, being like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, is that weird? Is that weird, Case? That's, no, that's that's weird. I don't I don't like these people. Oh, I listen to classical music. It helps me focus. It's good for your brain, actually. I don't buy it. It's total snooze fest. Okay, that's different. That's like the type of people that are like, you have to eat broccoli because it's good for you i just like broccoli i just like classical music i just like how it sounds (laughs) it's not like i'm like oh my brain waves you know or like i need to listen to 30 minutes of classical music every day or else i'll be you know fucking crazy no it's just like i just like it i just like classical music (laughs) i think that's fine i i think a lot of this is okay i think if you uh don't go under a drastic personality shift by 25 25 is not that old 25 is actually incredibly young it's okay you have plenty of time uh but what if i what if i end up like getting married having kids and i'm like 47 and i decide that's when i'm gonna find myself and i just like ruin everyone else's lives <laughs> and that happens though like that's 
I, there's got to be an autobiography you can read about somebody that went through that situation. That's okay. That yeah, that I mean, happens. Midlife crisis. I'm just having a mental breakdown on your podcast right now. But I I do look forward to your midlife crisis because I do I do think it involves buying a sports car. It's like you and like short bald men that are going to go out and buy a sports <laughs> car. No, I'm I'm either gonna have a very classic like dad midlife crisis and like get a hot girlfriend and a nice car or I'm gonna like kill myself <laughs> there's no in between <laughs> there's absolutely no in between oh so Tally we've talked about a few songs on this album uh we talked about Dave's song Golden Days No Woman uh we talked about Red Moon which I thought was very pretty a lot of this album is just fine. Like a lot of it was just there for me. There was one song that I didn't care for at all, which was Polly. I found this song to be annoying. I did not like the instrumentation of it. I can tell by the look on your face that you were not very happy with me. No, it's so funny because I was going to interject and be like, before we like wrap up anything, I want to talk about one of the other songs that I really, really like on this album, which is Polly. (laughs) You have the floor, Tally. Go ahead. I like Polly a lot. I think it's a fun, fun song. I also like the word Polly. And like, as a name, I just, it's a fun, I don't know. Have you seen, have you seen Along Came Polly? I have. That's, oh God, that is a movie right there. That is, that is good stuff. That is absolutely exactly your taste. Yeah, Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston and Philip Seymour Hoffman together. Are you kidding me? That's an, that's an elite cast. Anyway, Polly is a great song. It's so cute. It's like, I don't even know. Like, it's everything I want in a song. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. But obviously not, because they like love all songs. Um, it's just, it's sweet and it, and, it, and it soothes my little smooth brain. I don't know. I just like it. Tally, are there any other songs on this record that you want to uh, speak your piece about before we wrap up this episode? Um, Light Upon the Lake, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's obviously one of the more sad ones on the album, but being a Chicago girl, an Evanston girl, a Lake Michigan girl, I think the song is so beautiful. And I love where I am and I love where I live, which... Okay, segues. Dear listeners of Case's podcast, me, the famous Tally, is making her own podcast for class. It is for a class, but I'll probably continue on. That's how Case made his podcast, okay? And my podcast is all about hometowns, uh, interviewing people about where they grew up or where it is that they define home and sort of discussing everything about it, what they like, what they hate, if they'd ever go back, if they'd ever live there again, uh, who they love there, who they hate there, any ghost stories, everything about it. I'm trying to get participants from all over the world. I have some really cool stuff lined up. Uh, I'm talking about my hometown eventually, and I'm getting a lot of different opinions on it, um, including an opinion about my hometown from Case, Who's been there like a little bit? <laughs> Doesn't even I went to the what to the Pita Palace? What was that place called? Pita Inn. Why can't you get that right? The Pita Inn. What a night in Evanston we had. That was a good time. That was a good time. Um, I'll probably interview Case at some point about Fishers, Indiana. Maybe I'll do a Big Bad Indiana episode where I talk to everyone I know from Indiana because for some reason it's a lot of people. Um, we could do it on location. I could go visit Caroline. <laughs> I, I will be right there with you, my friend. Yeah. I know. Uh, um so hey self-promo uh check that out when i eventually do it (laughs) i'll have an episode up in like a week or so and it'll be on my social medias which is always just tally dooley well tally thank you for skipping ahead of the plugs i no longer have to ask you to plug something at the end of the episode i do have one more question before we go though which is when we talk about whitney's light upon the lake who needs to hear this album and why I think that Chicagoans in general need to take a walk. They need to specifically wake up for the sunrise. Or the sunrise or before the sunrise. Well, technically before the sunrise. You're gonna you're gonna wanna be on location walking, doing your thing as the sun is rising. 
right? And you're going to have to find, and it, and I'm not, I'm not saying do anything illegal, but you're going to have to find a patch of beach or, or area that looks over the lake that is pretty alone. You know, you don't want to be with a bunch of other people who are running because like, whatever, find, find your own little special little area, put this in, in the headphones, listen to it all the way through, watch the sun come up and just love being alive for a little bit you know and don't think about anything else just look at the sun and think about how crazy that is and self and don't think about anything bad you've ever done think about only the good you will do and I think you'll you'll have a really good time and the rest of the day will feel so silly Callie Dooley, very well put very beautiful way to end this episode you already plugged what you need to plug I will let people know I'm on, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore caselow, C-A-S-E-L-W-E. The podcast itself is on Instagram at Art School Albums. Tally Dooley, thank you so much for joining me. This has been Whitney's Light Upon the Lake.